1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Welcome along, Arsenal fans, to another edition of the London 49 Undefeated podcast. Pleased to say Charlie Watts has safely returned from Sydney to join us for for uh, a bit of a chat of all things that went on during the tour. So, hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Other You're than good. the Chelsea defeat, a bit of a sour end to what was otherwise a promising couple of weeks across Australia and then
1: and then China too. Yeah, I wouldn't say I take oh, I don't see it as taking the gloss off too much. It's just a, a bad day at the office really against a decent team, but I don't think anyone's gonna lose too much sleep over it. Very good very good trip as I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah, absolutely. As this progresses. And Kev, you're here as well with us.
2: I am here. Uh, how yeah. are you? I'm I'm alright. Good I'm good.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the defeat to Chelsea? Was that was that a was that a worry for you or it, do you just sort of look at these things and and gloss over and say it's only pre-season or or were there some worrying signs there for you?
2: We've got another pre-season game against them coming up in two weeks.
0: so And that is pre-season despite Mourinho's protestations that the Community Shield is a competitive piece of stuff. It's definitely
2: not a trophy and you can quote me on that a year from now when I try to defend it as being a trophy.
0: (laughs) When it's all we've got to to, uh, claim, I guess. Um, So Charlie, give us a bit of an insight into what the mood was like around the camp obviously you were at various events there was the kit launch at sydney harbour um you went you know all around the city with the players and got to speak to mesut erzil didn't you and Mm. alex iwobi cohen bramall so you got like a real mixture of kind of levels of first team through to players that were kind of you know given a real opportunity likes of bramall and
1: eddie and katia and others
0: and um,
1: yeah, just give us a bit of an insight into how it was for you. It was great. I mean, it was really, really good. The, um, as you said, the access was fantastic for me. So sort of a, a lot better than we're used to back here, week in, week out. At London Colney, you know, you really get to, like I said, sort of really join in with the squad at a lot of events and, uh, and speak to them. And everyone's open and happy. And it was just a really, really good week. Obviously, I didn't do the China bit. I was just there for Australia. But um, Australia really sort of welcomed them in, and Arsenal made a lot of friends over there, they really did. Um, a lot of the journalists, the local journalists you speak to in Australia, they, certainly in Sydney, they've got fresh memories of what Liverpool were like when they visited at the end of last season. They sort of came over for, for a money-making exercise. They wheeled out a lot of old players, sort of retired players, like Gerrard and Carragher, rather than the new squad, and just hid away for the couple of days that they were there, sort of went in, legged it with the money, and that was it. But Arsenal got right involved from the second they arrived they had a big old press conference had loads of players there Wenger there and spoke willingly to all the journalists and they just really got involved throughout and the fans they were right in the heart of the city the hotel was at a buddy opera house opposite the opera house and they were always sort of just walking around mingling with people taking photos and it was just a really good week um, just a, a major success the locals loved it fans and press and Arsenal certainly loved it there was lots of happy faces and just the mood in the place was really Really positive, like even someone like Errol, you know, massive star, biggest star there because Alexis wasn't there, and he was right at the heart of it all. Really enjoying himself, um, playing well as well in the two games actually, and um, it was just a really worthwhile trip, I think. Obviously, at the end of the day, they're there to make money for the club and sort commercially and and all that, but um, there's a way of doing it, I think, and Arsenal did it the right way, and it was it was a really positive experience. Good,
0: and there were some encouraging sort of individual. Performances from from the games over there, Kev. Obviously, Charlie's touched on Erzul, <coughs> but Alex Iwobi he looks like he's. It's great to see Iwobi back on form. Yeah, he's, absolutely.
2: He had a he had a rough second half of the season. It's a, it was his second season as a professional. Happens a lot with young players. Uh, you see it a lot. Sort
0: sure of caught up on him, really, didn't it?
2: Yeah, they, I've spoken about it before in the podcast. The kind of this idea in the in the NFL and American football of rookies hitting the wall that after a certain point you you've never had to compete at this high a level for this amount of time. You kinda of hit a wall. It's like, you know, if you're running a marathon or something. So it's good to see him a bit rested over the summer, coming back. He sh- he looks sharp. He looks hungry. Uh and he can be a really important player for Arsenal next year because he's still very young. And, you know, there's all this talk about potentially Thomas Lamar and everyone else coming in but Iwobi's a very talented player and, you know, at the start of last season he was fantastic. He had a rough second half of the year but there's a lot of talent there and it's great to see him back playing well.
0: Well, he's probably the main beneficiary of this kind of delay on what's happening with Sanchez and obviously he he won't report back to London Colney until next week because he's had an extended holiday um, after the Confederations Cup and with then not seeming to be like imminent progress on Lamar either Iwobi's kind of seized this opportunity I think with all the kind of question marks over that sort of one position next to Ozil behind what you'd imagine would be Lacazette
1: well I did my well, starting 11 today for the Leicester game i got Iwobi down starting at the moment I think yeah. he'll be alongside um, Ozil sort of behind Lacazette um I, I spoke to Iwobi in, in Sydney um about last season and he admitted it was tough you know it was very difficult he had such a rapid rights to prominence and then suddenly like you said he did hit the wall I don't think Wenger helped him last year I thought Wenger played him no, I too much so. I think he eventually took him out but I think he should have taken him out a good month or six weeks earlier because he was clearly struggling Yeah, and it was also beginning fans were beginning to turn on him slightly as well they were getting frustrated because they could see he was struggling Ironically and it, and it,
0: that formation switch, I, I think that position's so ideal for him. Well, like, I think it does. I, I, the goal, yeah. the
1: goal we scored against Bayern Munich, you know, you know yeah. that was all f- driving through the centre. He's powerful, he's quick, he's direct, um, and I thought that, that's he, he's, he's such a strong player for
2: his age as well.
1: He can burst through the lines like he did for that. You know, winning it, driving, laying it off to Ramsey, continuing the run, great finish as well. I thought it was really encapsulated away. And like you said, I think he's got a big season ahead of him. I think last year, and he said it to me himself, he, he thinks it was going to be a decent learning curve for him what happened last year because it was such a rapid rise he just suddenly came into the first team out of nowhere basically didn't he and um, and he said he learnt an awful lot last year when he went away and tried to work out how he could get himself back in the team and, um, and so no I mean, I'm expecting quite big things from him he's a real talent I think we, can all, we all forget that he is a very talented talented player
0: Absolutely he wasn't the only breakout star there were a, f- a few players that caught the eye probably none more so from the sort of group of younger players, I guess, that that went along to Sydney than Reese Nelson, who I think kind of really captured the imagination of Arsenal fans. Do you think Kev though he might obviously huge talent, really impressive in in each of those fixtures? Do you think the only problem he may face is that the position he tends to play in is arguably the most competitive area in Arsenal squad right now?
2: Yeah. Get this feeling it's slightly like Gedeon Zelllem a few years ago.
0: Yeah,
2: that if he's if it's not managed properly, he could just fade away into obscurity. It's clearly got bags of talent. Like you said, though, it's a position in which Arsenal have a lot of choices. And you know, Zellan came along. How many years ago was that? Three years ago? Longer than that now. So, uh, his that he played against four or five years Yeah, now. yeah. against Malaysia. Yeah yeah he's absolutely phenomenal mm. he was just spreading passes wherever the hell he wanted to put them it was yep. unbelievable like not even just unbelievable for however old he was 16 at the time it was just a brilliant performance in general
0: at the same time though it's encouraging that he's playing in a position that's fairly unfamiliar to
1: him right wing back in he didn't seem phased at all. No, not at all. I mean, he was playing against poor opposition. The, the game against Sydney was fantastic. He was—he just lit up the place every single time he got on the ball. He, the crowd got on their feet. But,
0: but even even against Chelsea when he came on, mm-hmm. to me, yeah, there was like a real noticeable lift in how Arsenal, the, the speed of the passing was better. He was getting on the ball and, and running at players. He I mean, plays without fear. He, he, he will take
1: you on as soon as he gets his, his first... Thought is I'm taking you on and trying to get get into a dangerous position here, and yeah. whether it'll stay like that. Obviously, he's, he's young and he's got that in him at the moment, and yeah. um, and whether he stays like that as the coaching and getting drilled into it and and everything. But do goes you w- on. do
0: you want that kind of natural instinct? You do. And be... and Arsene Wenger
1: spoke about it in a press conference. actually he, he said sometimes there are 17, 18 year olds who've just got that in them. They get the ball and. They just they they just want to get forward and and he says that Nelson and Willow because Willow was very good as well and Nelson yep. certainly took the headlines but Willow had a very good tour um, that they're they're two of those sort of players those just talents who just make things happen and want to make things happen when they're on the ball um, he's got it all obviously now it's just about how his career progresses and like Kev said the Zelenin example was great because we all thought when we saw ZLM then well wow, this kid's going to make it he's a new Fabregas blah blah blah. And look at how his career sort of panned out in the years following. So, and he had the talent that was un- undoubted. He had the talent. So, it's all out how it's managed now. But he's, he certainly was one of the big bright spots in that tour. It's no doubt about it. He's, he made a he made a very very good impression and did himself no harm at all. Ironically, look at the central midfield options
0: available to Wenger at the moment. and You'd think we could probably do with a Lemon there at the moment. I, th- I, I I'm beginning to get slightly worried that. They're leaving themselves a little bit short in that area. There's been obviously rumours Elneny possibly going to Galatasaray. Wilshire's future is very much up for debate. If you think that you're removing those two players from the first-team equation, you've got Granite, Jacker, and Aaron Ramsey who are your first-choice pairing. Beyond that, Francis Coquelin, and then you are looking at fairly unproven players. Maitland-Niles has had yeah. some first-team exposure, but it would be a gamble to be playing him frequently and when you've got a Europa League campaign coming up I I just look at that area of the team and I do think Arsenal look short there at the moment
2: It was a running joke for the better part of a decade that Arsenal were a team of centre midfielders and no one else and over the last two or three years we seem to have stopped buying any sort of centre midfielders I I honestly don't think that a centre midfielder pairing of Ramsey and Shaq is good enough even Forgetting the depth beyond that, which yeah. there is very little, because Orla's out until November, potentially longer. Um, I just I don't think that Jacka and Ramsey are there yet.
0: Either of them is that is that the area of the starting eleven as you look at it now? Let's say, let's say okay, we'll, we'll come on to Sanchez and Lamar in a bit, but yeah, let's say Sanchez stays. Is that central midfield the one area of the team that you think needs strengthening most above any other right now? Yeah, it,
2: yeah. it depends as well on if this is the year the finger finally follows through and puts Chamberlain as a centre midfielder like he's been saying he would for the past yep. however many years. So maybe, maybe that's his plan, I don't know. I think if Wilshire does go, I don't think it's going to be a massive loss in terms of... Squad depth because he wasn't there last season. True. Um, I do think it would be very sad but if did, he left.
0: But did that lack of options beyond Cochrane and now on any tell quite a bit last season?
1: I think Walsh would have played a lot if he was here yeah, last that's season. I, that's I, I think, think he would definitely, but mainly because of Cazorla's injury. I think Walsh, yeah. when you look back on it, you think like if he'd have stayed, he'd have actually had a, a, a lot of game time. He,
2: he's by far the closest thing we have to Cazorla that isn't Cazorla.
1: Hmm. I mean, when he was playing in that deeper role, certainly with England. At that time, he was, he was playing very well a few years back. He got all those man the matches in a row playing play there. Um, I think Arsenal will sign a central midfielder before the end of the transfer window. Wenger's certainly looking, from what I understand, that he, he believes he needs a bit more physicality in there. Seri's obviously been linked. Carvalho has been a long-running target, and Arsenal has certainly been watching him for a good few years. I think there's a few <laughs> doubts into, with Wenger in terms of how he sees him, though. So whether that actually yeah. is something they push through and actually complete the deal remains to be seen but I'm pretty sure Arsenal in want, addition to Lamar? Yeah, in addition to Lamar. I I'm, I think they will try and get a more sort of energetic, ball winning destroyer type midfielder. And I think they do need one. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Kev. I, I thought san- um Ramsey and Jacca ended the season very well. The formation switch helped them having an extra central midfielder behind a uh, central defender behind them last year helped him and I thought they were very good. I thought Xhaka was arguably our best player in the last couple of months. He played really, really well. Um, but I'm not convinced that they are the a central midfielder pairing that are going to help you win something or certainly help you get into the top four. I just I think you can get through them too easily and get at the back four, get at yeah. the defence too easily. Um, it remains a kind of central midfield pairing that at home at the Emirates, yeah, where you're
0: dictating the play and dominating possession. That's perfect, but yeah. when you're under the cosh and you, you you're under a little bit of pressure, is that is that the kind of Midfield pair and it's going to dig you out. Uh, exactly and,
2: and the problem is, if Ramsey's not scoring, he's not really doing a whole lot. To be honest I, with you,
0: agree? <laughs>
1: like, I, I think I think the signs are good with Ramsey though. At the moment, yeah. I think he's had a, he, he was very good in Australia. Yeah, I agree with that. He, um, well, he's, he's,
2: I've gone to bat for him many, many, many times, even back before that that unbelievable season he had. But I'm I'm losing faith a little bit that he can. Turning around, I, he's just so undisciplined.
1: Yeah, but that last season he ended the season really well last year, and it was really interesting, like the cup final against Chelsea. The formation yeah. was so interesting because Özil was playing deeper than Ramsey. It was almost like, and it, it worked perfectly. Chelsea couldn't pick Özil up. He dictated it, and Ramsey was a real threat, obviously popping up and getting a winner. Um, and it, it's just, it, it was a really interesting setup. I thought, I, I thought um,
0: Ramsey and Özil, the only two players that looked even slightly at it against Chelsea to be honest I, I think I think he's had a good pre-season I, I get what you mean because I think it's one of those where if he's not if he's not getting those goals and making those runs from midfield and making decisive contributions in the final third he's kind of in that sort of neither here nor there yeah. stage but I think the energy that he gives Arsenal and the ability his running stats every season are yeah. you know far and above any other player really and I, I think that does get Underestimate, and I've I've been quick to criticize Ramsey in the past because I do think he overcomplicates play a lot of the time. I do think there are definite flaws to his game which he still needs to iron out. And you do the, think you the, th- th- that's what frustrates me, though, is that it's not that I think he's a bad player. I think he's quite a good player, and
2: he's so close. He's so close to what he could be, but yeah. he just On a seems,
0: consistent. Basis.
2: He seems to just be incapable of. Making these little changes to bring him to the next level.
0: And do you think that is down to being disciplined and being able to just?
1: I th- I, th- I, th-
2: I think it's down to. It. I...
1: We've got a debate brewing here. I think he struggles with confidence, Ramsey. I think yep. when he's confident, yeah. he does everything. He does everything just in his head, and it works out perfectly. But when he's when he's lost his confidence, when things are going wrong, he'll take an extra touch. He'll he'll turn backwards when he should be dri- driving forwards, and I think it really is a confidence thing like that. We all remember the 2013. I and mean, he was so good that year. And it was everything was working, and he was doing everything on. In,
2: and he, in, he had an unbelievable pre-season that year. As first,
1: well. yeah, first time finishes, volleys the lot. I mean, outside of outside of the box shots into top corner, everything he was the doing one was against Liverpool up. was unbelievable. Yeah. And the volley, remember the volley against Norwich on the final day. Yeah. He's he stuck in the top corner, it was just fantastic. Even the, the winner in the FA Cup final, the first touch, you know, no thought of taking a touch or anything. It was just first touch, bang, into the, into the corner. Everything he was doing was on, was on instinct and it worked so well. And there's just signs, I thought, towards the end of the last season he was doing that. I mean, the goal against Everton on the final day was great. Obviously, the winner in the cup final was great. Scored a lovely goal at Sydney, making the run from deep, breaking through the defensive line. And I, You're right, I think he has to be scoring goals. He has to be delivering in that f- final third to really warrant a regular place in the team because that's what he brings. It's something different. And um, If he's not doing that, then... It's a struggle to see him as a guaranteed starter in that side. But if he is doing that, I think I think it gives Arsenal something they don't have. Do you think, obviously there's been speculation about Oxlade-Chamberlain,
0: what's going to happen to him this summer. Do you think the fact that he can play central and there have been some murmurings that Lamar, if he were to join, could be seen as, as a central midfield option, I personally still find that difficult to see from the performances I've seen of Lamar. I, I do look at him as a player that wants to get forward and and make goals and and be part of, you know, creating and scoring. He's he's also
2: very small.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which I
2: know, we have Santi Cazorla, and I know that having small players, you know, doesn't necessarily hold you back there, but he is 5'7", 5'8", he's very short. can like Kente. Yeah, but... I, I, I don't see him in that
0: mould. I
1: think you know. it's the skill set more than anything else. I think he fits into one of the two behind Lacazette. He Absolutely. doesn't. He doesn't fit into one of the yeah. holding two in front of the centre. And,
0: and also as yeah. well, Lamar and Lacazette supposedly quite close friends in the, in the French setup and stuff. So I, I almost feel like you need that connection between those two players. And I think Urza would thrive if if this is going to be Sanchez leaving. I guess that that complicates things. If Lamar arrives and Arsenal remain and re, continue to be um, saying and briefing that you know there's this hardline stance on Sanchez, he's not going. We're we're happy to see him go into the final year of his contract.
1: What's your gut feeling on it, Charlie? Do you do you think if I think I think he stays? I think it takes it takes a massive bid for Arsenal to do business. I wouldn't say 100 percent he stays, but if someone comes in with 70 80 million, then I think they'll probably do business. But right now, certainly in Australia, all the talk was that. Arsenal aren't going to sell they're not They're not looking at sell him and when he comes back they're going to tell him exactly that I think they look at it as if he stays they've got a very good chance of getting back in the top four and then you, you're earning yourself 70, 70 million next year in prize money anyway guaranteed so you could take 50 million now but if you sell Sanchez are Arsenal going to finish in the top four next season realistically no they're not because he's that important to the team and then they lose out on money. It's a bit of a risk and reward stat strategy because obviously yep. you could not take the money and then still finish fifth next year and you lose out altogether. But if you do, if you decide no, you stay in and we get top four, then you're earning yourself seventy million anyway, and you can walk away on a free and at least then you haven't lost the money.
0: It's interesting though that they they perceive him as a player who whose love for football and desire to play football has just got this you know appetite to always be out on the pitch and and be. You know, scoring goals and, and contributing I think that almost plays a part and that Arsenal probably look at that and think he's not, he's not okay, he's a player that throws his toys out of the pram a little bit and he can be temperamental but he's not going to be a player that's going to kick up a massive fuss and not want to play football and them. never be in yeah. the right frame of mind to be out on that pitch because you know everything previously suggests that, that that's, it goes completely against that he's, he's someone that loves playing football
2: Yeah, I, I don't think he's an Adebayor or a Nasri type who would be disruptive ru- Disruptive and willing to like <laughs> the reasons Sanchez was soaking last year were when he was substituted you know he just wants to be out there he, he was getting mad when he was being substituted with five minutes to go in a game when we were 4-0 up he was furious about those kind of substitutions because yep. he just wants to keep playing like the, the description people always say is that he's like one of his own he's like one of the Labradors he's like Adam and Humber yep. he just wants to run Yeah, like, that's all he wants to do <laughs> there's all these stories about him on his days off he'll come into training anyway and they'll have to assign someone to look after him to make sure that he's not going too hard on his rest day they, he's just like a physical freak basically he just wants to ex- like, to play all the time
1: got a new girlfriend now though might want to stay at home a little bit more well Liverpool,
0: fa- Liverpool fans will, will tell us that she just wants to live in London and that's why he, that's why he's never going to move to Liverpool do you remember that saga when, when Alexis left Barcelona and
1: Liverpool fans were I, adamant that they still maintain that that's why he's uh, yeah. he's not a Liverpool player it's just purely because of his girlfriend nothing Absolutely. to do with the fact that Liverpool uh, not going to win anything in Arsenal <laughs> kind of do now cups anyway that's su-
0: <laughs> such a convincing argument there. Um Thomas Lamar then it it sounds as if he's become the the kind of the principal priority for Arsenal in this in the remainder of the transfer window yeah is he what they need
2: Um, no in the way that what Arsenal need is you know someone like Lewandowski who's going to guarantee a certain amount of goals they're hoping that Lacazette can be that kind of guy
0: I know. And we, I, I'm, I'm, I was, I was working out in my head whether we've done a podcast since he signed. I can't, I can't remember if we have or not. I, I don't know. Um, but th- here's your opportunity to, to, to.
2: I don't, I don't want to get into that. I want to talk about Thomas Lamar and how he needs to sign for Arsenal because he will keep up the fine Arsenal tradition of signing ridiculously good-looking players, which is the most <laughs> important thing in
0: my opinion. The, if, if he does, if he does join. And Sanchez stays. I'm not convinced he starts. Well, he's only 21, though.
1: He's an investment. But he, he would want to come in. At he is, start but he's, he he a, he's, a he's a significant. He's a
0: significant investment. Cup, yeah. And if that is the, and that's why I think some Arsenal fans fear is that is it another situation where they buy Giroud, Podolski, Kozola to precede, you know, like preempt Van Persie's yeah. sale to
1: United Arsenal have always maintained, off the record and on the record, that. Lamar is nothing to do with Sanchez. It's not a case of one in, one out. They're Simultaneous, abs- yeah. They're yep. absolutely maintained from, like I said, on the record and off the record that it's not. They are not linked at all. But, he- um, but I do completely agree with what you're saying. Unless it, it kind of depends what formation you're playing as well. well that's, Obviously, that's the, 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 the three at the back, then you've got the two holding, which we know they'll be, and then you've got at, at the end of last season it was Özil, Sanchez behind Giroud or Welbeck, wouldn't it? So now. There's not many it's, positions there, is there?
0: But the, the weird thing for me is, Kalasenac was a signing that almost encouraged this new formation, whereas Lamar is a, is a signing that would discourage it because I think yeah, I think that the only obvious place for him to go is that Sanchez position. So you're then removing Sanchez from the equation. Lacazette will start for Lex me. Start, yeah. but there's no there's no debate about that whatsoever. Ozil, you would imagine. likely to occupy that sort of right-sided inside-forward role. So, for me, I wouldn't be surprised, and I I suggested this in a piece I wrote a few weeks ago, that I I think it could prompt a a formation switch. And I think the only way you could realistically get Lamar, Ozil and Sanchez and Lacazette into one team is if you went for a diamond in
1: midfield. Yeah, and you 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 have to have Sanchez on the right then.
0: As well, well you? what I was thinking is if you went for a if you went for a diamond and had Jacka sitting, Ramsey and Lamar either side of him, and Özil at the tip of that, and then Sanchez and Lacazette as a front two. Mm. That's the only way that I can see all four of those players combining. Would Sanchez and Lacazette work as a front two together? I
1: have no idea. They're, I, they're I, similar. Doesn't like Sanchez up front, you know. Even last year when that's he was scoring it. goals, he doesn't like him because he always says that he drifts over to the left and kind of loses and him, takes himself out of position.
0: Does it then um, almost become like a four-three-two-one and pretty, Lamar, Ramsey, Jacker, yeah. and Sanchez are all like that's
1: what, that's how I could could see it.
2: Yeah, I think I do think Alexis's best position is that kind of ten role, and I had spoken about that before that. Arsenal's two biggest signings before this summer were Sanchez and Ozil where they both they signed both of them one year after the other and both their best positions are the exact same position that it just giving that's why, I, that's why I think the three at the back work so well. Yeah, because, because they're, all, they're, that space they're both, for both quite
0: them. central then, aren't they? But yeah. yet they have that ability
1: to kind of roam into spaces. So yeah. I, th- I thought it worked really well, especially with... Uh, I thought that formation change worked, re- worked really well. I thought it was a very good end to the season. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean... Uh, just today though Monaco have said that they're not selling the I mean they said Leon said that about Lacazette and didn't, you do you think know? it's a game of
0: brinkmanship on it Monaco yeah. said that about Mendy
1: absolutely yeah they said it they said business was done after Bakayoko and then they sold Mendy it's all a, it's all a game of brinkmanship it's about getting the best money isn't it um, Man City went and stumped up 52 million to get Mendy yep and you got to think. All the talk at the moment with Arsenal is fifty million, forty-five million, fifty million for Lamar. And if Mendy, a fallback's going for fifty-two million, it just doesn't sound enough money to tempt Monaco into business. I I don't think the eighty million figure that's been bandied about is is accurate. I think sixty million mind. gets like, him. Yeah, sixty I million gets gets the deal done for me. It just yeah. depends if whether Arsenal have that. It's determined. a significant investment for yeah. a
0: twenty-one-year-old who broke through last season had a great season don't get me wrong and, and I, th- I think the thing that a lot of buying clubs see Mon- why they see Monaco as such an attractive you know sort of hunting ground for players I guess is is that Champions League you know they're proven in the Champions League yeah. went all the way to the semi-finals they had that settled team and players flourishing in it obviously knocked out Man City um, well, Dortmund as well hmm. what I want to know is how many of these
2: players on this Monaco team are just perfectly fine players who are playing in a very good team to make them look better and I think at least one of the guys who's already left I think is going to get found out this year in some capacity which one? (sighs) I don't know
0: I'm I'm still not overly convinced by Bakayoko I'm not convinced by
2: Bakayoko and I'm not that convinced by Mendy I know that Monaco aren't that convinced by Mendy either because they, they brought in Sidibay and they thought that he was the one who was going to go on and be basically the one who brings in all the cash this yeah. summer. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mendy has a tough first
1: season
0: in England. Do you think they might try and bed Lamar in slowly if they were to get him?
1: I just feel Possibly, like. I don't think he'd want that World Cup year, he, isn't it? And exactly, he, and it's as the last thing he'd want.
0: As potentially a club record transfer, yeah. can you. You I think you can. It. You can.
1: I mean, they betted Jacker in last year, didn't they? And he yeah. was big money. And they it certainly he didn't throw him in at all, did he It was frustrating at times. You wanted to see more of Jacker, but he he didn't. Jacker did threw
2: himself in yes,
0: too many times. All the time. <laughs> um, just a quick word on on outgoings as well. There's obviously not been a much progress. Wojciech Szczesny's completed his move to Juventus, which I think we are all collectively baffled by. But I think if we we open that can of worms, we could be here all afternoon. Um, so you
2: want to talk about Wellington silver? Mm. <laughs> I,
0: I Again, I think that is is probably a, an even more complicated can of worms to
1: open. But we we we've got the understanding that it was a sell on clause and never a buyback. That's clause. what Arsenal were insisting to me yesterday, as uh, all the jokes were going about how it was most classic peak yeah. Arsenal. You yeah. can get a player <laughs> back and get stuck with him.
0: But it's it's going to be peak Arsenal. I mean, they've confirmed today that Carl Jenkinson, Matthew Debushi, and Kieran Gibbs are going to play at Boreham Wood. Now if that's not an opportunity to force them into the front of the shop window, I really don't know what is. I can't is. believe
1: they haven't just given Debussy a free transfer. No. I, don't, I don't understand it's why I can't bathroom. come to some sort of deal, just get him off the books, free up the space on the wage bill, and let him move on because every single year it seems like he's going somewhere and then it breaks down over his wages so it's clearly, he's not willing to take a pay cut anywhere and no one else is going to give him the money that Arsenal are going to give him so you're stuck with him for another year, Just just pay him up come to some sort of agreement and Yep. get him off the books because the others I can see moving on but Debussy it just seems like he's not willing to take a pay cut and there's and it's, a suggestion it's,
0: he might go to Nice before they got Christophe Jallet and, and now within
2: 12 areas yeah. by the way
0: yeah, <laughs> absolutely
1: they went cold on that deal particularly quickly yeah. I mean Jenkinson will go Gibbs will go um, but
2: Debuchy's not played
1: in the last two years. It's just ridiculous that he's still there. I just don't I don't get what, how... You've seen it time and time again at other clubs. They will just come to agreement and get him off the books. I don't understand why Arsenal haven't done it yet. It's e- expect, expect Lucas to go as well. Yeah, Lucas will go. Wilshire, do you think they
0: might bide their time there?
1: I don't know. I think the, the Cazorla injury clouds it a little bit because he could be useful. I think it depends what they do in the transfer market. Like I said, I do yeah. think they will sign someone. But if... If they fail to get whoever they want in Then you've got a very good player there And you know providing these fit And to be fair to him last year he did stay fit It was a leg break last year It wasn't yeah. one of those ankle injuries or anything like that It was a freak leg break um, Right and at the end of the season He had played pretty much the entire and, year
2: And in fairness I was, I was there at the match I was covering it for us as Ali was away And he tried to play on He broke his leg And he kept. he tried to play on
0: Amid some pretty vile course yeah, of booze from, from pretty experience. we'll move on from that. Um, just, just, just to round off, Charlie, it'd be great to just have a little bit of a, a an insight into how how it all was for you in Australia, whether you enjoyed yourself while we were stuck in Canary Wharf towers
1: churning by, out.
2: By the way, I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had men at works down under stuck in my head for a solid two weeks now
1: you say why well, you were st- stuck in you know, I was stuck in my hotel room for pretty much all it. I, I think I saw le- I, I lived in Australia for a, for a year and I think I saw more in the first two days that I, was, I lived there for a year than I did in the entire week that I was there this time all I saw was basically my hotel room and then a McDonald's to get something to eat and then go back to the hotel room. It's always the way when you go on these tours. You, you, you go to these great places.
0: An insight but, into journalists uh, culinary but, habits but, there, by the way. But
1: you were literally just working. It was um the whole time. Uh, I'd occasionally run down to the harbour to try and get some videos for to put on our social accounts and everything like that. But then other than being at the games or we'll running to the various events, it's a case of work, work, work. So it's not as glamorous as it sounds everyone, believe me. But uh, but no, it was a great it was great to be there. And like I said, I love that city and, first day i think it was because i was jet lagged or what i it was all almost a pretty emotional moment as i was walking down to the harbor in the morning um because i loved the place and i never i wasn't sure if i'd ever go back there again because the wife doesn't like flying and everything and to be to be back in that city and especially in the harbor which is one of my favorite places in the world to and um to be doing it covering the team that i love it was uh, a uh, it was a good moment it was like yeah, I put it down to the jet lag, but it was almost a tear in the eye as I was uh, walking down, seeing the sun glistening on the harbour. So wrapping so, up, wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How many times did you watch Fever
2: Pitch on the plane?
1: <laughs> Fortunately, they weren't that good of choices on the plane. Um, I watched Eddie the Eagle though. It's Very good.
0: Yeah. Oh God, very good. <laughs> they
2: weren't that good choices. No, they,
1: they really weren't. And on that note,
0: um, thanks lads, thanks for joining me. I've got got through plenty there. I think Lamar and Sanchez are kind of the, the two big elephants in the room for Arsenal's transfer window, I think. Um, we'll have plenty more um, reaction throughout the week to all the latest transfer news and myself and Charlie will be at the Emirates Cup this weekend, the return of that after a hiatus from it last year. Um, Arsenal playing Benfica and Sevilla across the Saturday.
2: Maybe that's why we miss out in top four. That's it. No Emirates Cup preparation.
0: Kev's cracked it. Um, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another 49 undefeated podcast with Um, All the latest on Lamar, Sanchez and what Arsenal will do next in the transfer window. Thank you and goodbye.